listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Gospel for today is from the first chapter of Mark. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went through Galilee, proclaiming the messages in their synagogues, and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The resurrection of the Christ is the greatest act of liberation in the history of the universe. Often we think of the Christ too narrowly. We we think of the Christ simply as one person named Jesus of Nazareth. And yes, he is the Christ. He is the incarnation of the Christ. But the fullness of the Christ is life. Day one of the creation, God envisioned life. And and God wanted to bring life into existence. And God wanted to maximize life. God wants life to be full and rich and complete and whole. God envisions life that's interconnected with one another and with God. And so when God raised Jesus from the dead, what God was raising was the Christ, the vision for life, setting us free to be everything that God created us to be. But sadly, we live enslaved. We live shackled. Just as Jesus came into the world and he used his hands to heal. He used his hands to feed. He he used his hands to accept and welcome. Those hands were taken and nailed to a cross, nailed to wood where he couldn't use them anymore. The feet that took him all around Galilee, that took him from village and town to town, where he was loving people and, and proclaiming the good news that God is here, that God is with us. Those feet were nailed to the cross, nailed to the wood, unable to move. And after Jesus died, they took his limp body and they imprisoned him even more by laying him in a dark, empty, cold tomb with a giant rock in front of it. When that tomb burst forth on that Sunday morning, the morning of of Easter, the morning of the resurrection, God was giving an emphatic yes to life. He was saying, you're free. There's nothing holding you back. There's nothing shackling you. 
go and live and be full. But what happens? We get shackled again. Sometimes we shackle ourselves. We get shackled by fear, by addiction, by greed, by resentment and animosity toward others. We get shackled because we lose sight of God's presence in our lives and we think we have to fend for ourselves. We see each other as enemies. We forget that we're part of the creation and we're here to care for the creation. And so what our journey is, is to live in the gospel, to live in the good news that God is here. God is in and with and around each of us. We don't have to conjure God. We don't have to do rituals. We don't have to pray. We don't have to do things to bring God in. God is already here and he holds us and he walks with us. And our challenge is to participate in God's liberation within our lives. We see this in the gospel story today. The, Jesus and his disciples are in Capernaum. They go to Peter's house and, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick. She's in bed. Jesus goes to her. She's enslaved. She's shackled. She's stuck by whatever this disease is that's draining her of life. Jesus goes to her and he heals her. What does she do immediately? She begins to serve. She begins to serve because serving is our way of life. Yes, we're to be set free, not just for ourselves. We're to be set free so that we can be participants with God in freeing others and freeing the creation. We have a responsibility to, to love, to care, to invest in, to, to live generous lives so that others can be set free also. Think of all of the things right now that are enslaving society, that are enslaving human beings. I mentioned some before, but, but this is a, a, a very political time in our lives. We're very divided. We see the other as the enemy, as opposed to simply a brother or sister who thinks differently, right? And what we're called to do is, as we live into this very political year, is we're called to break down the barriers that separate and divide us, the barriers that shackle us, the barriers that cause us to, to be short-sighted in, in how we view life and how we view each other and how we view the world. And so... Jesus and his disciples, after they, he heals Peter's mother, he says, we got to go. We got to go into the other villages. We got to go into the other towns. We got to go proclaim this message because people don't know. First of all, they don't know that God is with them. They don't know that they're children of God. They don't know that they were created free and liberated. And, and we have the ability to create with one another, to create new ways of life, new systems, new processes that are just, that are healthy, that, that serve everyone. If we see anyone living in poverty, it should break our hearts. If we see anyone who is being oppressed by governmental systems or, or social systems, it should break our hearts. If we see children who are, and, and youth who are living in, in deep depression and anxiety, who are questioning whether or not life is even worth it, it should break our hearts. We're called to have the mind of Christ, the mind of God, the heart of Christ, the heart of God, the passion of Christ, the passion of God for life. 
so that how we do our jobs, how we live as family, how we, we address each other in schools, how we relate to our neighbors, how we act and perform out in the world, we're vessels for love. Love is the tool that sets people free. We don't set people free with violence. You see, violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. The only path for true liberation is love. When Jesus was arrested, he didn't fight back. When Peter grabbed a sword and cut off a, one of the soldier's ears, Jesus healed it and told Peter, put that away. That's not who we are. We're not going to solve the issues of the world with violence. The only way we can do it is through love. And we see Jesus on the cross as he's dying and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know. They, they don't know who they are. They don't know that you're here with them. They don't know that we're all your children. They, they don't understand that we're part of you and part of the creation. They, they, they don't get it. So please forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. And when God raised Jesus from the dead after his resurrection, he breathed the same Holy Spirit that was present on day one of the creation. He breathed the same Holy Spirit that, that led Moses and the people out of Egypt to liberation into the promised land. He breathed the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was present at his conception, the same Holy Spirit that descended upon him in his baptism, the same Holy Spirit that empowered and fueled him to be able to heal, to feed, and to welcome. He breathes that Holy Spirit into us. And now it's our turn to be the Christ. Did you ever think about that? You are the Christ. You are God's vision for life. You get to reveal it and proclaim it and how you live your life. You get to walk along the sides of, of other people who are enslaved and broken and hurting. God wants to use you for healing and reconciliation within our world. What a great life that is. Isn't that a great life? That's much better than just accumulating wealth. That's much better than trying to make names for ourselves and, and garner power. We get to participate with God in generating and perpetuating life from generation to generation. How we model for our kids matters. How we model for each, other's, each other matters. How we talk to each other and, and treat one another, it matters. We're broken people. We all have wounds and, and trauma. We all have shame at, at, at some level. And so the way Jesus dealt with those things with, was with compassion and gentleness. He didn't feed into the shame of a leper. He didn't feed into the shame of a poor person. He just accepted them. And he was gentle with them. And he healed them and loved them. That's the people we get to be in this world. The question for us is not, is God here to help us? Is God here to save us? Is God here to guide us? Of course God is. That's the gospel message. That's the good news. The question is, are we aware? Do we live each day aware of God's presence in our lives? Do we live each day aware of our true identity as children of God? Do we live each day aware that every single human you're going to encounter is your sibling? Do we live aware that we're part of the creation and God has entrusted this creation to us to care for it, 
to build it, to sustain it, so that it's here for generations to come. It's that awareness, that's the metanoia, that's the repentance, that's the changed mind that Jesus invites us into. We have to live different than the rest of the world because healing isn't going to come through governmental forces. Healing isn't going to come through military might. Healing isn't going to come through some political policy. The healing of the earth, the healing of the creation is going to come through love and through people who are willing to to be aware of who they are and why they're here. Will you join us? Will you be a part of this Christ movement? Will you be a part of liberating the world, setting everyone free so that all may experience real life in Jesus' name? Join us and truly live. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.